Good morning and welcome to the Week on 3 with me, Noreen Mir. A program full of mixed emotions today, from poetry to music and also saying goodbye to many programs on Radio 3. Let's start this week's program with some of the winners of this year's Hong Kong English Poetry Competition. The theme this year was two, and it was certainly very interesting to see how it was interpreted by different people. And the winners were announced on Wednesday's 123 show. Eva Ng, the second runner-up of the competition, tells us what inspired a poem which is called Two or One. The poem is deeply inspired by my spiritual studies. Uh, the theme to... Actually, for me, uh, when I wrote it in the context of the poem, represents the separation that we have as people, right? So a lot of people really, this is, I am me and you are you. And so therefore, uh, we are two. And for me, um, as a seeker, actually all my life, I'm really fascinated by people who actually re, um, have their identity connected to the oneness of the all. Like all of humanity, how do they do that? Like, you know, this deep fascination of the largeness of their sense of self. And, and so part of my spiritual study really actually starts to peel back the layers of like what holds us separate. Uh, you know, I think the things that the, the mental dynamics that actually has us feel like we are not together. Uh, and so the poem actually talks a lot about that. Yeah. And I know you uh, very kindly brought your poem along so our listeners can mm -hmm. hear it as well. Um, do join us on Facebook if you can. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to hear Eva read out her award winning, uh, poem, um, which is inspired by, by the theme this year too. So maybe Eva, if you can read it for us. Okay, so two or one. Two is an illusion created by mind. In this illusion, I see you separate from me. My hands, my eyes, my body. Your hands, your eyes, your body. My life, your life. My stuff, your stuff. My pain, your pain. My success, your success. If I win, if you win, I may lose. If you succeed, I may fail. If you have, I may not. Always there a fearful seed. I hold close my loves, my needs, my desires, my wishes, my achievements, the stuff of my life. You and you and you play a part, but this is my story. My, 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 a litany of self, all of us in our not-so-secret obsession. 7.7 .7 billion me, 7.7 .7 separate stories, each with an eye in center stage, a drama of me and mine, in a race to make more, have more, be more, living in two worlds, my world and the rest of the world. My priority is, I'm okay, I'm fine. Oh, rubbish, you may think, not me. I'm helpful, I'm giving, I'm doing my bit of good. Who are you to say I'm not? Stay in your lane and I'll stay in mine. Mind your business and I'll mind mine. But my friend, let's all quietly reflect. If everyone expand to prize we, no longer will you be just a little me. We will be part of each other's we. Like each cell in our body working in harmony. A heart cell, a kidney cell, a skin cell, a blood cell. Trillions of minute miracles, each humming to the beat of we. If we learn from the blueprint within, we will know the truth of this. It's impossible to have a healthy me if there isn't a healthy we. To knit a strong web of life, we start with a little more, smile more, share more, care more, connect more, 
and love more, to weave a new kind of social security. Knowing people will have each other's back, communities will have each other's back, Mother Nature has our back, and we too shall have her back. Awaken to this simple truth, when two or more come together, we form one. It's time to choose to live in separation of two, or to embrace the power of one. And that was Eva Ng, the second runner-up, reading her poem, Two or One. Up next, let's hear from the first runner-up of this year's competition, Alexandra Colgan, whose piece reflects the sentiment of many living in Hong Kong at the moment. And here she tells us what inspired her poem. I started writing the poem when when it was announced, which was in, in April. April. Yeah. So I had some vague thoughts about that, and I wrote down like a few lines and stuff. But then, you know, then you know, I got busy, so I I put it aside. I didn't think about it much, but I was always remembering the the deadline for July fifth, and then um, and then when uh, they announced the national security law on the thirtieth of June, like that kind of. Inspire me to just really write out the second half of that poem, yeah. and it kind of like really impacted like the direction I guess the the poem went. It was a little bit still hopeful, but slightly you know more uh, M- more sort of uh, cautious. <laughs> yes, more cautious. That's that's a good word. Um, so yeah, so that was definitely like really in my mind when I was like writing parts of this this poem. Although I had originally thought about this, what the topic of the poem was back in April. Yeah, yeah. has the political situation made you sort of yeah more more mindful, more cautious about how creative you can be? You know, that's one thing that that's on people's minds. You know, you, you, you we start to maybe question or or self censor or self preservation, however people want to call it. You know, it, it, you have thoughts, but you know that there's just more um, uh, more fear or more worry uh, in expressing those thoughts. Has it uh, affected you in in, in any way? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the one of the things I noticed was like a lot of people started using Telegram now, yes. <laughs> and less, slightly less WhatsApp, like, what but you know, yeah, but like that—that's the new thing now. Everyone, a lot of people I know, including myself, we've got VPN. Um, so a lot of different things, and even in my Signal w- is another one. Yeah, right? Signal. Yeah. Oh yeah, Signal is I think even safer than <laughs> Telegram apparently. Um, and then. Even with my work, we had to be quite careful with like certain things we said, be a bit more vague. Um, so yeah, and even like just looking around Hong Kong, like I live in the Mong Kok area, and then the, they have a footbridge, and that used to be where all like tons of protest posters were, and then those were like completely you know stripped down, and there's no more you know stickers or post-it notes in most you know shops or restaurants. So it's definitely quite uh disheartening a little bit to see that kind of creative expression disappearing yeah. because i do think even though maybe the ccp doesn't like it it is part of the history of what's happening in hong kong so in a way do you think it uh helps people to be more creative so you've got if you have um you know certain thoughts or certain uh disagreements or yeah. i don't know um uh, angst against uh the, the government can are people sort of more creative in, yeah. in the way they express things as i well? think you definitely have to you're challenged in a different way to to say what's on your mind but not say it so directly but 
clear enough that people can understand your maybe hidden meaning or something like that. So that's definitely a creative challenge that's come about, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alexandra, I'm, I really, really want to hear the, the, the poem read by from you. Um, it's really certainly uh, interesting. As I mentioned earlier, uh, some of our listeners, if, if they tuned in earlier, it really was an interesting process throughout, um, you know, getting the getting uh, all the entries in. So we, we kicked started this poetry competition in April, mid-April, and then the deadline, as you mentioned, was 5th of July. And throughout that, we had an internal process of uh, going through the poems, and then it went to four different judges, very different judges. We had Henrik Hoag, uh, who runs the Peel Street uh, Poetry poetry, uh, there, and we also had Tammy Ho, who's an academic from Baptist University, and uh, we also had Hugh Chiverton, who's head of English Program Services, and also uh, we had Mary Jean Chan, who uh, was the winner of the Costa Poetry Prize of mm. 2019. So very diversified, a lot of different. So congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you. My point is really uh, strong entries uh, this year. And it's just interesting just to see who the final ones were, because mm. each different, uh, all the different judges had very different um, uh uh, styles and of, of poetry so it was just yeah. very interesting to see what they enjoyed and and the ones that didn't quite make it so right. let's hear your poem uh, which is called two sure uh, so this is a poem called two two becoming one a beautiful verse of unity and love but there is no blushing bride eagerly awaiting her wedding day what this is is far from cut and dried this is a marriage prearranged, out of our control and destined to be estranged. For the space between two and one is an infinite abyss. Side by side they sit, so close, yet they simply can't be forced to fit. So here we are, adrift, like fireflies in the night, floating on a dream of yellow light, a flickering flame in the dark, a glowing promise we hold tight, wondering how much longer do we have? as the gap continues to erode. And we've stood at this crossroad, umbrellas held high in the sun, rain, gas, pain, refusing to be controlled, resisting like a reluctant dough that cannot be kneaded into any mold. But our betrothed's hands have gotten stronger, harder, desperate. All of a sudden, the day is here. Where did the time disappear? We are being handed over to a future uncertain. We must march again, not down an aisle, but to the beat of a million hearts. We say our vows, like water will be, whether it's a drop or a surging flood. For the space between two and one is an infinite abyss. There's still room for even the tiniest trickle of hope to bloom. And that a poem like this is still allowed to exist. That was Alexandra Colgan, the first runner-up of the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition. And now finally to the winner of this year's competition, Victoria Villamena Walrus. And here she talks about what inspired her poem, which is called The Taxidermist's Date. It's quite a strange poem, I suppose. It's, um, it's about a psychotic taxidermist. Um, and um, uh, the, the idea for the, the poem came to me on, on the bus. Um, I was thinking about the, the competition um, and the word um, two. Um, and I was thinking of all the idioms, um, kill two birds with, with one stone, for example, that, that use numbers. Um, and I thought of the one um, 
about there being more than one way to skin a cat. Um, and I just thought that's a, a great way to begin a poem in such a macabre, eerie phrase. And, and how on earth is that sort of in, in common usage, I suppose? Um, and that was the inspiration. Thinking that was of- the inspiration. Um, um, I, I like... I, I like poets like um, um, Simon Armitage and, and Caroline Duffy that they really inspire me to to write and um, uh, they they write these these poems that are often quite um, funny but they have a sort of dark underside and they often deal with themes of power and, and gender imbalance and um, I sort of was inspired by, by some of the dramatic monologues that Simon Armitage and, and Caroline Duffy have written um, to write my own little dramatic monologue <laughs> and it's called the Taxidermist Date yeah. And here we go. The Taxidermist's Date There are two ways to skin a cat. Start at existing crevices, the anus or an ear. Eyes, too delicate. Mouth, all those teeth. Find your sharpest knife, the kind that gives avocados a bad name. Didn't I strike you as a brunch kind of guy? I have a sensitive side. It's true what they say. Two birds, one stone, for big shots like me. Precision is key. Incision. Think of an orange. I want women like my birds. Plenty of flesh. Plump. Fresh. I've never skinned a puppy. I'm not an animal. Have two pups at home. Like to meet them. He has a lovely smile. Blue eyes deep as pools. Arms strong as a vice. And whilst his trade's not nice, he's all right. She beams. Okay. He smiles. Cat. Cream. It's so eerie to, to, to hear it in real life. It's so wonderfully written. What is it really about, then? I mean, sometimes I'm disturbed about the sort of places so my imagination goes to when I'm just sitting idly on a bus. But um, yeah, I mean, what's it about? A question never, never, never to ask a, a poet, I suppose. Um, it, I mean, it's it, it's about this kind of psychotic person but i guess the, the taxidermist in the poem could be you know any number of sexist individuals whose sort of mind wanders to dark places while he's um observing this this vulnerable woman sitting across from him and um i guess i like to write about what goes on under the surface so when you speak to someone in a conversation you might talk about the weather or avocado toast but you're not necessarily going to uncover sort of the the deeper thoughts on, on underneath it and you can get completely the wrong idea from a, from a stranger um i mean i suppose online dating and internet dating is is quite common now so this perhaps is a blind date and um you know she perhaps has an idea that he's a taxidermist but he clearly has a sort of really strange and warped relationship with the animals that he skins and has somehow conflated that with his relationships with with women and i think there's sort of a sense perhaps at the end that she's she's not wise to go home with this man who she has uh, sort of agreed to to go and see his his puppies perhaps the only animals in the house who haven't been skinned so i quite i quite like i just quite like the sort of really the playfulness like of of that sort of idea and 
Um, but then also the kind of the message underneath it, and it's a poem about a power um, imbalance. And um, yeah, I guess you can take from it what you want. And that was Victoria Villamena Walvis, the winner of the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition 2020, with her winning piece, The Taxidermist State. Congratulations to all our winners, and thank you to everyone who sent their poems and to all your support. We hope you'll join us again next year. And as we say goodbye to this year's poetry competition, we're also saying goodbye to a few long-running programs here on 3, including World Vibes, The 3 O'Clock Jump, Good Old Country, The Sunday Smile and The Breakdown, and The Chart Show. We're launching a new autumn schedule, and later today, you'll be able to hear Michael Lance at 12 and also Pierre Tremblay at 3. In terms of weekday program, we're also saying goodbye to Teen Time. And here, Alison Howe, the presenter of Teen Time, shares some of her highlights over the years. As we say goodbye to Teen Time this week, let's go take a trip down memory lane and revisit some of our favorite student reporters through the years. Hey everyone, I'm Ella, and I would just like to say that summer has been great for me because um, I got the chance to join Teen Time as a student reporter, and it has definitely been the highlight of my summer, and it was great hanging out with Allison. This is Allison, and I'm calling from RTHK. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. We got your emails and we got your demo. Ooh, okay. But I'm here to bring you some good news. Okay. You have been selected as the next Teen Time student reporter. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. And tonight is Kate's turn to get the call to become the next Teen Time student reporter. Hello? Hi, is it Avi? Yeah, is this Allison? I want to ask if there's any particular song that I can play for you before we close it off with the show. Actually, I'll give you my old favorite. Okay. Have you heard of Neil? Yeah, huh? So sick. It was actually the first song I, I ever listened to. I love that song. So Turn your radio up tonight to catch Avi as our very last Teen Time pseudo reporter. Teen Time is on air 9 o'clock tonight on Radio 3. Why can't I turn off the radio? Before you turn off the radio for one last time before we end things for Teen Time... I just want to revisit another classic moment that we had on the show with our student reporters. Let me bring you back to this one. Hello? Hi, is it Kate? Yes, it is. Hello? This is Allison and I'm calling from RTHK. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. We got your emails and we got your demo. Ooh, okay. But I'm here to bring you some good news. Okay. You ready? I'm getting ready. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> You have been selected as the next Teen Time student reporter. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. And tonight is Kate's turn to get the call to become the next Teen Time student reporter. Share her joy by tuning into Teen Time tonight at 9 only here on RTHK Radio 3. Student involvement has always been my ultimate drive to do this show, to do what we do best on Teen Time. So first and foremost, I want to say a huge thank you to Education Bureau for sponsoring us to provide an entertaining yet educational program for teenagers who are local students here in Hong Kong. Your generous support has made this one-of-a-kind service available to anyone who is interested in learning English in a fun way. Allow me to take the time to say a huge thank you to everybody along the way. Thank you to every generation of hosts who have really paved the way for us. Cherry and Ian Fuller, Calig Mir, and my personal hero, Jen Su. You have all inspired so many listeners, myself included, and it has been an absolute privilege to have kept the ship sailing with your guidance and your legacy. 
to my dream team, Simon Wilson, Thomas Letter, Brian Chan and Paul Meiser for Sports Around the World, Ben Colin now as well, Steve James who also joined us quite recently on Mondays, and Cruz and McCallaghan on Fridays. Teen Time is really as rich and substantial as it is because of your hard work. Your professional insights and connections have really made the show way beyond any producer's wildest dream. So thank you for sharing your talent. And lastly, to our listeners, some of you may not be teens anymore. Some of you may still be quite new to the team. Thank you. For you are, like I said, the ultimate driving force for the show. May you flourish and shine like the celebs we interview backstage. May your journey be as adventurous as our Teen Time Around Town features. May you continue to be nice to our planet as in savvy earth saver. And may you thrive to be active and conquer all sports around the world. May your unique path be so inspiring that you alone is worth a profile. Stay stylish. And that is a wrap. For one last time here on Teen Time, I'm Alison Hell. Good night, Hong Kong. And Alison will be back with a new program called The Common Room every Monday to Friday at 9. And all week this week on The Morning Brew, Music of My Life, James Ross has been chatting to a special guest, singer-songwriter Paul Carrick, once dubbed as the man with the golden voice. Paul has been part of many big-name bands throughout the years, such as Roxy Music, Squeeze, Mike and the Mechanics, and so on. Paul's been telling James about one of the songs he wrote for Mike and the Mechanics, which was a big hit in 1995, Over My Shoulder. The story is... I, I... Originally, I, I, I'd come into the band as a, as a, a, a vocalist, but, uh, you know, I did mention to Mike that I do write songs as well. And uh, so it, it was one of the first songs we wrote together. I went down to his house. We started to jam with a few little ideas, and he said, well, I got this thing, and he played the chords of the, um, of the song. I'll get a guitar and show you. Yeah, please. Oh, it's lovely and out of tune. <laughs> no worries. Hang on. Yeah, no worries. So Mike said, well, I've got this little thing, and he started the drum box going. And he said, I've got these chords. Sorry about the out of tune guitar. And... Um, so, and then he, he, he just put on a cassette machine mm. and I jammed away, just vocalising, riff, riffing away for the length of a cassette, which was probably about 20 minutes. And uh, I tried some things early on and I thought, no, I don't think Mike's going to like this. It's, it's too poppy for him. So I'm, I, I moved around. I tried all kinds of things. The tape ran out and he said to me, you know, there was something you were doing at the very beginning there. And we run the tape back, and I'm more or less going, looking back over my shoulder, I can see... Don't ask me why. Uh, those kind of words popped into my head, and the, and the whole shape of the verse was there. And uh, we said, oh, that, actually, yeah, that's not bad. And uh, he said, well, there's another bit. I've got some more chords for another bit. And he played the, you know, the... Everybody told me you were leaving and um uh, so it's very simple little nursery rhyme type song 
I, I like it actually. It was uh, some of the early mechanic stuff was a little. I'm not going to say pretentious, but it was um, ambitious, yeah. and that song was pretty basic and fun and simple. And I think that's kind of why it struck home. Can you give us the start of it again with the out of tune guitar? Let me tune it up a little bit. Go on then. It's still out of tune, but anyway, so it's something like this. And I just started singing for some reason <laughs> or other. Looking back over my shoulder. Looking back over my shoulder. I can see that look in your eyes. And that was Paul Carrick, hit singer-songwriter. He was talking to James Ross on Wednesday's Morning Brew. Finally, this week, Steve James, on his afternoon drive, celebrated the fact that on Tuesday, back in 1956, Bill Haley had five songs in the UK Top 30. Rocking Through the Rye, Saints Rock and Roll, Rock Around the Rock, Razzle Dazzle, and this one, See You Later Alligator. And I'll see you next week for another Week on Three. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. When I asked her what's the matter, this is what I heard her say. See you later, alligator.